What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Blowing the Doors Off, episode nine. I'm your host, Brett Morris. I got Andrew Sherman with me. What's up, dude? Ah, blowing the doors off, uh, Studio South, uh, uh, Friday, 75 degrees, sunny. Uh, I'm jealous on that. We we went from the top of the spectrum to the bottom of the spectrum this week here in Indiana from 75 degrees one day. The next day, we had snow. So we had fun. rain. I think I saw where some friends in uh, western Michigan got snow as well. Um, we just got a lot of rain here. Yeah, I'm about over all that. I'm ready for those 70-degree days for sure. Yeah, well, they look like they're here basically to stay. I mean, we, you know, they tell you, I think I said this last time, that they, they're not supposed to really plant anything soft, you know, like a tomato or a zucchini or something like that right. until May 1st because there is always a Saturday morning in April that's just crispy. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> you can see the ice frost. You know, there's always like a golf delay one weekend in April. And you just got to ride through that one weekend and then it's hot as the underside of your you know what's the rest of the summer, <laughs> oh, all yeah, the way into October. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's talk some bracing. Let's talk some news from, from the week. Uh, Buddy Koyfoid or Kyfoid, however you say that, for KBM uh, Bristol Dirt Ride. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you mentioned that. Um, Yeah, I don't, I guess uh, another situation where Kyle Busch had an open slot and uh, somebody brought a sponsor and has a reasonable racing acumen on dirt to suggest that maybe a truck is a good place for him to be. He's going to be in the best stuff. Yeah, he's he's a a great dirt racer. He does the the midgets and stuff like I've seen him at uh, Indiana Midget Week. I, I usually go to one or two races during Indiana midget week. So I've seen him race and uh, he's in top equipment when he's in a midget too. So he's, he's used to having the, the, the best of the best. And he's, a, he's really young, really. That's can't good. I remember, can't remember how, exactly how old he is, but he's pretty young. I hope he does well. I hope he's ready for how slow that truck's going to be compared to a midget. <laughs> yeah. Plus uh, everybody's going to be trying to run him over <laughs> truck races here lately. seems like they just been, Kind of the issue, just kind of running each running each other over like crazy. Yeah, and and I don't know how long it's been like that. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why the truck race is so appealing. Is it's like it's further, it's far enough removed from Cup that you can kind of just watch what happens. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like right. it's like a yard full of chickens. Sometimes you can just watch and just see what happens. Uh, <laughs> you know, because the old dogs got their old tricks. And the new guys are trying to make a name. You know, it's very much like a barnyard kind of <laughs> race. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, but I, I have fun, especially when they're, uh, you know, Friday night, Saturday night races or whatever. I always have fun. Usually the Friday nights I, I like better, which I think, believe next week we get Thursday night truck race uh, when they roll into Martinsville to do all that next week. A little night racing for Martinsville would be fun to watch. Yeah, it will be. It it very much will be. <laughs> I'm trying uh, that, to talk the wife into it right now, and I'm not doing a very good job. <laughs> of of going or just getting to watch? Just, just go. I'm not Thursday, but the the cup race Saturday night, I've tried to tell her, hey, let's leave Friday after work, roll down there to Martinsville. We're probably not going to get there in time for uh, Xfinity race Friday night, but get to see a cup race, and then I have all day to get home, and it's only like a seven-hour drive or something. 
Only. I love it. <laughs> right. I, mean, I love how you can talk yourself into it, right? I mean, that because that because that's how cool the event is, is that you can go, yeah, seven hours. That's no problem. We'll do that. I mean, it's uh, like especially with all day. Bristol. Yeah. All day Sunday. Right. Um, you know, assuming every the, all the timing goes off the way you would hope. And no you know, Martinsville being um, such a small track that uh, even if there is rain, I mean, the whole weekend is about running at Martinsville under the lights. So, right. you know, they could, and especially given where Martinsville is, I bet they could start that race at one o'clock in the morning. I'm down. <laughs> See, I've never been, I've never got to experience and it's four, it's 400 laps now. So yeah. that means it's probably only a three hour ish race, probably about three hours. I'm still I'm still working on it. I'm gonna try to get it to go over there, but uh we'll definitely cover uh cover Martinsville in length next week when we talk about it. Oh yeah, I fired up a picture in social media. I uh, seen that. I couldn't believe you know, Facebook always does that thing where it tells you, Hey, you've got memories. Okay, mm-hmm. well what is it? Ten years ago you were in Martinsville and I was like, Oh my god, that's been ten years. <laughs> right. I still speak of it like it was yesterday. <laughs> right. Because I remember it like it was yesterday. Casey won the pole, and he blew up on, like, lap 65. Well, you know, we had perfect seats for where he was pitted, too. You know, right out, you know, pit exit, of course, because he won the pole back when they did all that. <laughs> I don't, there's, maybe there's some brand-new people that are listening right now going, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> we used to qualify and you used to pick a pit position based on where you qualified. So if you qualified on the pole, you got first pick. And there wasn't any qualifying rounds. It was just everybody just qualified. It was know? hot lap qualifying like you've seen Local in almost Saturday every night. other kind of racing series. Right. I, I'm, I, I want to go so bad. You know, I'm a little chubby feller. I want to try one of them hot dogs. <laughs> oh, the hot dogs. Yes. So, evidently, the best bologna burger in Martinsville is not actually at the concession stand. But I will vouch for their bologna burger because I had one because you have to. Mm-hmm. And uh, the dog, yep. I mean, you can't beat the price. It's it's just as good as you'd think it would be. It's a regular hot dog with chili and coleslaw and mustard. There God, is no better hot so dog good. on earth. That sounds so good right now. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get back to some uh, back to some news. I mean, this really isn't news, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Twenty three eleven hit with the uh, penalty after losing a tire at Coda. You lose your tire, you're going to get some shit slapped on you, so you might as well get used to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that. I think what did NASCAR say that they, they were going to be cautious about taking points for it as they learn this new car and the assembly, but they still are going to have people get suspended. Yeah, definitely. Which kind of rolls me into my next, um, uh, next point. Um, RFK appeals the L2 penalty. That's not really a tire thing. It was more of a body panel, I believe, but uh, they're appealing it. I think it says uh, April 7th is when they get the decision on that. Uh, What do you think about them appealing it? Uh, pure strategy to alleviate the problem we were just talking about last week where momentum is important for RFK. This is a good way to just totally stamp out any smoldering coal you might have. The appeal is, in my opinion, is all about having all those crew guys available 
while they're still working towards whatever their next little short run goal is and not having to run races without them during that stretch. So I would assume that that is purely a strategy play. Definitely. And you asked me last week, you said you think there'll be more tire issues or be more of the, uh, you know, transactional issues. And I said transactional and I was way off. There was way more tire problems. I should, I should probably have just known that, but I went the other way and I was totally wrong. There was plenty of tire issues for the day. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we're going to be fighting these tire issues as long as pit crews. Um, I mean, we, we hadn't had a whole lot of tires come loose that weren't the result of some kind of really awful crash that was unpredictable right. in a while, but that was exactly what NASCAR was trying to avoid when they went to that. You have to have a minimum number of lug nuts. It was three, then it was four. Then it was like, okay, you have to have four tight. And the fifth one has to be inside the threads. And, and that was all about not losing a wheel and i think that's what we're seeing this year is remember when we told you before we didn't want y'all messing with this and playing your little games well this is where it's coming to fruition is if you're playing games or you're not playing games we don't care you're still going to be in trouble right definitely so uh f1 i know this is non-nascar f1 to run street course in vegas what are your thoughts on that I think if F1 were going to pick a town to do that, they pick the right one. Absolutely. I, I feel like it's going to be a huge event. I'm not personally a, an, an F1 guy, but uh, I think it would be a, a spectacle to go to. I can only imagine the parties and what they got lined up for, for that. Oh, it's cool. I mean, I hope that they've been working on the course for a long time and they just finally made all the numbers work to get the race there. Um, you know, obviously there's some, you know, landmark type stuff in Vegas that you would want those cars to go by during a broadcast just to, I mean, if you're a Vegas tourism interest group or, you know, any other kind of racing series got to be looking over their shoulder going, let's see what F1 does. Let's see what they do. Cause they've got an unlimited checkbook. Let's see what an unlimited checkbook means for doing this kind of event. And then we'll see if we can backdoor our way into what our budget is to try to do the same thing. Yeah, because you think you would think that you know casinos or and whatnot on the strip are gonna put together some kind of ticket package where they got shit out overlooking the strip, and I'm sure they got. I mean, just unlimited possibilities when it comes to an advertising uh, point of view. Well, and and the way Vegas treats, and I don't know, I don't know much about tourism law and the taxes and luxury taxes and this, that, and the other thing, but I do follow Groupon. And I know that right now, depending on when you would want to go, you can go stay in the Mirage Hotel for $29 a night. What? In I might have Vegas. to go to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. And, and they, they I know out of Atlanta, they fly like every, I don't know, 75 minutes or something. Wow. It's not super hard to get on one of those flights. Um, they're not expensive. I mean, it's like, well, we could spend you know, three hours or four hours on a plane, go to Denver and then spend the same amount of money as you spend anywhere to stay in a hotel. Or you could spend 20 minutes longer in the air and the hotel is basically free (laughs) (laughs) and there's still stuff to do. (laughs) I love going to Vegas. We went um, a couple of years ago um, 
to see Aerosmith. The wife is a big Aerosmith fan. She stayed up or stayed uh, at work, had her computer, kept hitting refresh, finally got tickets, bought the tickets before we even like planned the trip. So bought the tickets, planned it all out. It was a blast. I, I love going there. I have a good time. Of course, I like to I like to gamble a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, um so just in the last week it's come together that our, our little core original group of five fraternity brothers uh from Georgia Tech that whittled down to four a few years well, it's ten years ago this last fall, but um the I guess the third of the four remaining is getting married in July. So we're going to new Orleans for the bachelor party, which will be nice. new for me to go to a bachelor party as like essentially a chaperone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That like, would be pretty rough. I mean, I, you know, I'm just like, send me the itinerary. I'm going to show up for the things I want. I'm going to show up for steaks. And uh, you know, I, otherwise I'm probably going to be in Harris either watching a ball game or playing $1 blackjack. Yeah. <laughs> and then and that's and i'm gonna go to cafe du monde and get my latte and beignets uh which so however many mornings i'm there that's happening because when you don't drink you get up early right. <laughs> it's just how it works right and um yeah so i'm gonna do that and we'll see how it goes but then i will officially be the last man standing after july 8th i think <laughs> uh, the last awesome. single guy of the crowd uh although you wouldn't have thought anybody would have made it to 41 for that to be the case but life be what it may yeah life throws you curveballs for sure well uh you know speaking of the the street course um i've been hearing a lot of buzz here lately about nascar trying to put a street course together in chicago what's your thoughts on that well only because it's been talked about more than anywhere except Nashville. I got to believe there's a course already in mind and uh, weren't they like all but ready to do this a couple of years ago yeah, and I think so. COVID pretty much squashed it. You know, the only thing that is a little bit concerning about Chicago is that the buildings are so tall and I know there are some in the, in one of the proposed routes where there's like hotel balconies all down like an alley, like, like, you know, like the short shoot or whatever you want to call it at, at Indy where there's, you know, buildings on both sides and there's balconies and people can, you know, drape over and stuff just like, I don't know, bourbon street in new Orleans or whatever. Right. But uh, I, I don't know how it's going to work. Uh, Chicago's a big town. It's a worldly town. Uh, makes sense. Nashville's not quite as worldly. It's definitely more of fit for NASCAR, but I think a lot of people said we wouldn't, you know, NASCAR is not going to survive in Austin. They're too weird. Well, they're just weird enough to like NASCAR too. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, let's not close doors that we don't, you know, let's not lock doors right. that are shut just because we didn't look behind them. I, I, I but, yeah, I think. Go no, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. Sorry. I was going to say, I, I Chicago makes a lot of sense to me. Chicago was a market that already had NASCAR. The Midwest is big time into some form of stock car racing. Um, if you're going to go out on a limb and try this, I think you'd have a lot more success with it in Chicago than, say, trying to run St. Pete in Tampa. Um, and I don't know where else you would do it, you know, unless you just totally just follow F1 around, which, haha. <laughs> It's probably not a bad idea. Right. <laughs> something, they got something figured out. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, uh, Vegas track now is garnering 
two cup events and they look pretty strong on the schedule. I don't think they're in any danger of losing a date. So I don't think that's why we'll see NASCAR do Vegas for a while, but if it's Chicago, it's Chicago. Yeah, Light it up. I, I just have uh, two, I wouldn't say problems. My two thoughts on the thing is somebody's going to lose a race probably. So who loses a, a second day or somebody lose a date entirely. And, is street is street racing really going to be that appealing in a stock car? I don't know the answer to that. All I know is that every time we've asked that question, the answer that we come with up with on the front end is not usually the answer we come up with on the back end. Things that we think are going to be perfect don't work out. Things that we think are going to suck end up being really cool. Right. Um, now, I'll say personally, I thought – Bristol was probably going to kind of suck, and I'm sort of sticking behind that with the dirt. Uh, to me, it didn't make any sense to do that at Bristol, but it's not my money, and I don't make the decisions. But um, the only thing that that I guess I have a fear of is, is I thought that Cup was way overdue to go to Road America. Yes. You know, Xfinity's had so much success there that now that Cup is there, um, do we really? want to introduce a similar style racing in the same market. Cause road America is less than two hours from Chicago. Yes. Um, so I would say that would have to come at the expense of road America. Yeah, um, I, you got to keep that on there. I, I really enjoyed that race last year. Well, the place keeps selling out. You're saying it's selling out a year in it's advance. Already, for the camp sure and like, I mean, <laughs> you can't, you can't do that. So well, I don't know what you do to try to rotate so that everybody feels like they're getting an equal share of the pie, both for in terms of putting on the event and for dollars spent, et cetera. It's got to make sense. But who do you, who's in that market that you can take a cup race from and people not notice? Uh, didn't Michigan finally lose a second date? Yeah, Don't they only have I, one now? I, I think you're right on that. I'm so you, sure. can't, you can't harvest one from Michigan to do it. There's no cup race at Iowa that never has been. Joliet doesn't exist anymore. Right. The only in that market cup is, race is Road yeah. America, and that race is awesome. Yeah. So would you jeopardize that to run a road course in Chicago that you don't know works? Right. I would say no. I would what say if, maybe you take that St. Louis race and true. rotate it around the region. Because the Midwest is a huge region, not just because a race is in the Midwest doesn't mean it's easy to get to. You live in South Missouri and the race is in Minnesota. Well, that that's that's quite a trek. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it's still, if you've lived in, if you've grown up in the Southeast, that's that's part of the. Those are all Midwest states to us. I don't. Right. You know, it's like in the middle, and then there's West, so Midwest, whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah, that 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 Midwest term could be pretty big you know what i mean it is and i don't think we in the south necessarily use it uh correctly i'm just saying what our perspective is on what midwest is like <laughs> right. if it's north and west of the ohio river and east of the missouri river that's the midwest yeah i'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you for sure but what about you know i've heard people say like take the indy road course away to try it out what do you you think that they should do that? What about, you know, this, they obviously had huge tire issues for a long time on the big track at Indy, but would this car produce anything different compared to what we had before on the big track? 
Well, that was a combination of a couple of things um, that caused that. One was the car of tomorrow. And the other was that they hadn't really figured out what they wanted to do with the Indy tires. So they diamond ground the track, which made it even worse for NASCAR. Right. So Goodyear shows up with this ultra hard tire. And, and because of the way they diamond cut the asphalt, it was shaving it off in like these dust bunnies. And they had to caution every 11 laps or yeah, whatever it was. It's... And a lot of people were really, really mad at NASCAR. Like the ones that were already like, this car tomorrow might kill me as a fan. Watched that race and went, yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah. Uh, and I don't necessarily blame them. And this is the reason why NASCAR always has to be cautious when they take chances is there are variables out of their control, like the tire. And that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, for sure. I just I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it. I, I would I would be open to see what it produces. Throw six or seven cars out there and test on on the big oval and see what it does. I mean, I know that's not going to give you a whole rundown of what's going to happen, but you're going to be able to see a little bit of what could be, you know. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean just to check it out. I mean, but I do love the road course there. I I, I highly enjoyed that last year. And uh, I'm going to be doing it again this year. Yeah, I'm. I would be shocked if if we went so far as to take the Brickyard 400 off of the big track in favor of the road course. I don't see Going Indy back. losing a race. Right. Like I, I, I think it's too important for NASCAR. As much as the Indy open wheel diehards that don't like NASCAR will tell you how much they hate it and wish NASCAR wasn't in Indy. That's just that same old guard that you get on the cut or the NASCAR side of people, all the races should be in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, and Virginia. <laughs> the rest of y'all suck. Yeah. Well, well like people don't really <laughs> think about it like this and you probably would because you've experienced it firsthand. But I see people, even with grandstand tickets, I sat in the grandstands last year for the double Xfinity IndyCar and the cup race and there's people in those stands that have absolutely no clue about NASCAR. They're going to that race because they support Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and they go to all the events. It don't matter what is at that track. They're there just having a good time. Yeah, and why not? You know, that's the thing that got me into NASCAR as a going-to-the-race fan was, let's just go and see what it is. On TV, it looks pretty cool. In person, you go and you go, okay, this is something completely different than what I thought it was. I'm not sure what I thought it was, to be honest. But it wasn't this, and this is cool. Hell yeah. You know, get your buddies together. Like, um, <laughs> I, I took uh, my mom's boyfriend last year. He had been to, like, the 500 and some IndyCar events, and we went to the IndyCar um, uh, Xfinity doubleheader and the IndyCar race was first. It was a great race. Uh, went caution-free, but it was a good race and everything. Nice, clean racing. And then the Xfinity cars get out there, and we're sitting right there where they make that first turn after they went all the way down the backstretch. So there were some guys that fumbled up right there and, you know, beating and banging like they did. And he was like, man, I, I, I kind of really like this stock car racing. I'm like, dude, come back tomorrow. He's like, oh, I got stuff going on. But I was like, dude, this stock, I love stock car racing. I, I mean, it don't matter what form you throw in front of me. I'm going to like it for the most part. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that, and that's just it too is, 
you know, and I know this is not where we were going with this. It's not in the show sheet or whatever, but this is where that whole, like how the national brand of, of the sport can filter down into your local mm-hmm. instead of the other way around is, okay, I went to a big whoop de doo at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but that's only once a year. Right. Or, you know, Indy 500 is once a year. So there's two events that are major, almost, well, one of them for sure global, the other trying to be global. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, oh, they're going to have another kind of race here. Oh, well, let's go check that out. Right. You know, or, oh, there's, oh, there's dirt tracks all around Indianapolis and there's crazy looking dune buggy car. What? All right, let's go check that out. And that's how it starts. It just, that's how it starts is like, I saw a thing on TV. They say these things are related. This guy was really good. He came out of this series. They run in my backyard. Well, no wonder I was hearing that racket on Saturday nights. That sound. There's a racetrack over there. (laughs) Which uh, here in Indy, uh, we have a big one this weekend. East side, it's called uh, Kitley. They call it the speed drum. Uh, Worldly famous for uh, late model figure eights, which it's unreal, but they have a, 75 lapper they were going to do it saturday night under the lights and we have some weather coming in so they moved it to sunday but there's 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 teams that come from like california to race these figure eight cars that look like rocket ships i mean and it's badass i mean i I like (laughs) to go sunday except for i have other plans and i would kind of want to watch the cup race but uh they have a race in september it's a three hour figure eight race there's a running clock up on the scoreboard oh my it god it's like uh it's something stupid like uh i, I don't want to get the number wrong but it's like fifty thousand to win i mean it's a huge event. wow and i mean this guy bought the track and, and built it up it used to be just the old, old local short track in indy you know you can only imagine what that brings out. And this guy built it up stadium-like, got the big monster screen, you know, with replays and the running order and everything and uh, beverage and snacks and, you know, like food trucks and stuff like that. It's it's unreal. They've built it up, and it, it's awesome. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> All yeah. right, well, let's, uh, let's talk a, a little coda from the weekend. Uh, first up was the truck race, and – we saw a little a little beating and banging there at the end, and Zane Zane Smith uh, sneaks in and grabs him one right there at the end. I thought it was a hell of a race. Yeah, so we talked about that beforehand. I didn't get to watch it, but um, it sounds like uh, was it we talked about a couple of weeks ago. You you got to run in the top ten to run in the top five. You got to run in the top five to run in the top two, and you got to run in the top two to win. Well, Zane Smith hangs around. And he finds a mess, avoids it, second win. Yeah. Um, that, but you have to be running fourth, third, fifth, somewhere around in there for that to work, which means you're having a pretty good day. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I thought the trucks ran pretty well on the track for, for being a road course. What, they only do, what, two road courses for the year or whatever? Yeah, I think so. That and um, Canada? Do they still do Canada? No, they do uh, mid Ohio. That's what I meant. Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, Xfinity race, really no surprise here. Uh, AJ Allmendinger wins the Xfinity race. The dude is a hell of a road course racer. That's about all you can say to that. Yeah, I mean, yes, <laughs> hands down, he is the best. I mean, he's a couple turns away from doubling up. Yeah, exactly. He, almost, he was right there, really. You know what I mean? 
made a, so, we'll get to that here in a minute though. We'll get to that here. <laughs> uh, watermelon man, Ross Chastain gets his first win. Unreal. You know, gets up on the car, smashes his watermelon like usual. Uh, I, he was fired up. I mean, he, I thought he was going to burn the tires right off that thing. Hey, what would you do at your first cup win? Uh, I would burn the tires plum off <laughs> And what if you did it the way Ross Chastain has done it? (laughs) And then absolutely no belittling anybody that got their first or maybe their only plate or win at a plate track where it does kind of look a whole lot like 52 card pickup sometimes. Mm -hmm. Not, not this race. No, absolutely not. No, no, you're you're racing. Yeah. You're racing arguably. I mean, they're they're the for this vehicle platform the best road racers in the world. Yep. And he beat them all. Yeah, that last restart, boy, he was he 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 handled the restarts well there at the end. It seemed like we had a couple stacking it up and, and whatnot. A couple restarts there at the end, and besides the one restart where he let uh, he was battling somebody and let Reddit go by him there on the on the on the outside other than that other than that particular restart his, his restarts were damn near perfect and i don't know i would you have thought ross chastain's first cup win would have been a road course um i don't know anything surprises me or doesn't surprise me now the, with the way road course racing has become a, a new focal point in nascar um, and these guys all have to, they had to get good at it. And most of them did, you know, and, yeah. uh, kudos to, uh, Ross for, for seeking out the best there is as a coach. Well, he was teammates with AJ Allmendinger. AJ taught him everything he knows about how to run a road course. And obviously Ross learned something from that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, I mean, Trackhouse's first win. Did you? Well, another kind of a question out of that. Did you see Trackhouse's first win being Ross? I mean, Ross was runner-up. How many weeks in a row? Two weeks in a row prior to this race. I mean, he's been knocking on the door for a hot minute. I mean, he led laps at Vegas. Uh, he'd been up there. Was up there at California a bit. Dude's kind of been in the the, the t- top ten, top five all year. He's he led laps at Atlanta too. Um, and for that matter, so is Suarez. Like, this team is a good team. Now, did we expect them to be this good? I don't think anybody did. No. Um, Ross getting the first win, not altogether a surprise. Road course, okay. Right. That throws a little bit of a wrinkle in it. Look at Roscoe uh, on a road course. I mean, but but who had the best car that day? Who who, who was the car to beat that day? Well, it was right. Suarez. Yeah. <laughs> they have they've definitely got the 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 handle on everything right now i don't know who you accredit to that it being justin marks you know they got they are got these race cars on absolute rails i mean suarez even led at um didn't he lead at uh california he was probably the one of the better cars there that day and yep. then, um did he lead at atlanta he was up there. I know. If he w- if he didn't lead, he was in the top three because I remember taking a picture that had the nine, the nineteen, and the ninety nine all in the top three. That's awesome. Oh, that's pretty cool. I never thought about that. 
Um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about as far as, as the weekend as a whole, maybe Cup in particular, was um, the out-of-bounds and the penalties they were giving away for having all four tires out-of-bounds. And I, I was uh, actually listening um, some radio stuff this past week, like on uh, Race Hub and stuff, and there was a lot of people thinking that number five car went out of bounds a few times and never got called for it. And I think a lot of people went out of bounds and didn't get called for it. But I feel like they, I don't know why, and this might just be a coincidence, but I feel like the back marker cars got screwed on this penalty. Like all the back marker cars, I feel like got this penalty one, one way or the other throughout the race. Yeah, I think... Yeah, not to belabor a point that's been on everyone's lips all week. And every time something like this comes up, judgment call. How can NASCAR eliminate having to make so many judgment calls during a race? Now, this really, this really, with a Hawk, you know, the Hawkeye system, they already use to scan the cars and the technology that we already know is available in football stop motion cameras and all the end zone corners and stuff. Why don't we just let the computer do it? And that way you can just say, look, this is, we're running, we're running this, you know, computer platform. We're running this software and this camera system. And they said, this is the best that there is. And, you know, just do that. Just don't, don't, don't let it be up to a human being to go. Yeah. Okay. It looks like he might've nicked that line there and this apex or what about you know all the the points we made about last week when we we talked about the new car and how it would handle a road course we talked about the curbs they didn't even have the curbs they took the curbs up is that one way to police it you go through there and you hit them you know you run all fours over the curb you're probably not going to be very fast at the end of the day because you're going to tear the shit out of your car yeah well yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, I, I can remember being one of these fans that, that would say things like, well, if you don't want them to put the car over there, put something that they're going to run into. <laughs> I mean, that's the best way, right? You know, it's it, and and it really kind of started ringing a bell in my head as I was listening to like, I think it's the second installment of Mike Beam on uh, Rick Houston's Scene Vault podcast. And he was talking about how you know, they had a couple guys get killed on pit road in the early 90s, late eighties, early nineties. But I mean, that was the thing that was happening, right? Pit crew safety was evolving at, at a similar speed as driver safety, but it was junior Johnson that finally went to bill France and said, you need to put this in the driver's hands. If it's up to the driver to maintain a certain speed, that's what they'll do. Yeah. And so to your point, do we have to put something in the way for them to hit? No, not necessarily, but there's got to be consequences for being out of bounds. And if we're not going to use a really highfalutin camera system to police it, then we have to put stuff that makes it, you know, it's not a judgment call. You just tore half your car off because (laughs) you ran over the turtle, but you know, it's even worse than what, what you're saying, by the way, for those who may not have paid any attention to anything else, NASCAR this week, Coda installed the turtles Friday and was told to pick them back up at 11 PM Friday night. So they did. 
Hmm, I don't like know they were down. Know. That was part of the plan. Then, and because that's what pissed off. I can't remember who it was. It Harvick, I think. It might have been Harvick or Kyle Busch. One. Um, they tend to have very similar opinions about some of no, these things, sure. which is kind of ironic. But it was, hey, we just put like 500 hours in the sim with the curbs in. Yeah, now you're gonna and you pulled them out. You the changed. Hell? We're racing a different course than we practiced all week. Like you can't, you can't do that. Like you can't do that, man. <laughs> I had you know, uh, wait till time... we wait till we screw it up and then go. You know what? Last minute, we're we're breaking all this up. Like they did at Indy. Like okay, this didn't work the way we thought it was. Sorry. We'll Maybe try. They again. had that in mind. I don't really know what was going through their mind. Like. Or whatever. I, I think they listened to the loudest pitchfork mob. I can see that. Because, and the only, the reason why I say that, and the reason why I can be cynical about that, is NASCAR will prove you right time and time again if you bet on the side of cynicism with whatever reason they've made a decision. <laughs> right. Because that's just the way it shakes out all the time. That's why they look dumb all the time. I'm with you, buddy. <laughs> uh, I, I don't understand the, the the thought process on that, and with Dakota being such a uh, I don't know high tech racetrack, it looks high tech I and mean, it looks put together. It's nice. It's a nice place. Uh, you think they could easily install those cameras or whatever? You know, you know, you got so many turns. You put a camera where you can fucking see the turns. If they went they went out of bounds, call it. You know, if I don't feel like it's fair to call it on one team. And not called on the other team just because it's a superstar or something. You know, you're going to shuffle him, you know, back in the pack. You know, I don't know. I don't get it, but it's not mine to understand, I guess. Well, the technology exists. Let's just put it that way. I don't know how much it costs, but it exists. And yes. it doesn't, it, it's, it's so much more capable than I think most people realize. Like, you could literally, you put three cameras in and you can 3D graph the car and watch it it's in its entirety go over the section you're trying to police and at any point in time all four tires are outside the out of bounds that thing can take a snapshot of it and then you've and it's printing out in front or hopefully on a screen in right. front of the race director and go okay this is cut and dry oh there's no appeal here make them pit you know they're out of bounds yeah, and here's know, the picture. <laughs> another wild thing that you know obviously doesn't have anything to do with us, but um, I was listening to Door Bumper Clear, which I'm sure you heard some of that too. They talked about the spotter stand and and coming into that real tight turn one there, where they all were all fanning out, and, and and the spotters are on scaffolding right there, eye level. You know how are you going to spot five wide, six wide, seven wide, or however wide they were spanning out? At car level, you can't see anything. So, right. you know, there were spotters that were buying tickets up into the grandstands to sit in the grandstand so they could spot. Like, yeah, that's kind of silly. You know, what happens if they come into that turn right there and, like they were talking about, and somebody throttle stuck or something, you better get the hell off that scaffold quicker because it's taking everybody out. <laughs> right. <know? laughs> <laughs> they said that last year that Gregson come into that turn and – went into the tires right there they were waving at him and stuff he was right eye level with them i thought that was wild you know what i mean yeah that's ridiculous <laughs> all right well uh we're going racing to richmond this weekend um 
I don't really know a whole lot about Richmond track. I've never really been out that way. I mean, obviously I've watched it, watched it a bunch, but, uh, is it a short track? Sure. One? <laughs> <laughs> By definition. Yes. I think we are supposed to call it a short track. Um, yeah. Uh, so Michigan, it was a half mile originally. They made it into that sweeping D oval. So they added a quarter of a mile to it. So it's, you know, three quarters of a mile. And uh, it is one of the few racetracks that is actually like right in the city. Mm-hmm. It's right in the city of Richmond. Uh, didn't say it was in a great neighborhood, but it is in <laughs> the city of Richmond. It's about like Indy. It's right in the city and it's not in the best neighborhoods either. Yeah. You what are you going to do? <laughs> All right. Um, by, 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 by racing entertainment wise, not a short track. Right. I, I'm, I agree with you. It definitely doesn't race like what I think of a short track anyways. Um, well, you got me again, damn it, on these picks. I'm not doing very <laughs> hot in this, in, in mine and yours bet, but uh, lap traffic picks haven't been doing, been doing too bad. Um, you're up 4-1 in the series. What's your pick for Richmond Sunday afternoon? Great question. Do I think Toyota can rebound? Do my, I my think no to Toyota can rebound? No. I think their <laughs> gap is bigger than one track. Um, while Richmond has been basically Toyota's playground the last decade. They've won the 15 um, out of the last 25 races at Richmond. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. No, I, I'm not going to pick a Toyota. I I'm going to pick Joey Logano. Or what? What's our rule on repeating? Are we keeping track of that? No, but you can repeat if you want. You can use the same car. All right, I'm going to pick Joey Logano. Okay. Joey Logano. I am going. I'm, I'm making a pick and I'm making a prediction. Let's see how close I am. I am going to pick a driver that would be our first repeat winner of the year i'm going kyle larson okie doke that's a good pick i think so uh, vegas favorites for the weekend are chase elliott and kyle larson which uh and martin truex jr it's kind of been uh martin's playground uh he's ran very well there the last couple of years toyota um i don't know man i'm liking the chevys uh right now i'm loving that the, what the chevy cam's thrown together and, uh, well, Joey's not a bad pick there either. Yeah, I figured I'd just mix it up a little bit, toss a Ford in there. <laughs> well, don't be giving, giving me weeks to catch back up. <laughs> oh, I'm not throwing it out just <laughs> I'm <'cause>. just joking. <laughs> uh, we didn't – I don't remember what we did last week, but uh, this week in Rednecking, you got anything? Yeah, yeah, I do. So <laughs> I <laughs> – <laughs> it's not funny, actually. Oh, okay. If she listens to this, she'll be mad at me for laughing. I'm not laughing. It, but you have to laugh or else you get so mad, you know. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, we lost some more chickens. Again? Yeah. And we figured out who the egg thief was and that we don't think that's the same cause of the lost chickens. The egg thief is uh, was a possum caught red-handed. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then yeah we we've lost a lot of chickens in a real short order uh so we're not sure 
exactly how to proceed. But you that's think... this week in rednecking. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might uh, you get that trail camera out there and put it on, put it in the chicken pen. Well, I, apolog- I apologize to Kristen for not setting it up. I was like, I don't have any excuses. We knew this was a problem already. I should have set something up. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I'm sure you'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I don't think just going out in the driveway in my skivvies and firing off a, a clip <laughs> of not gonna do 22 that. long rifles is going to get it done. <laughs> not for it much might longer. for that possum. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> he probably caught the raw end of that deal. <laughs> um, my This weekend, rednecking um, is actually something I'm doing tonight. Um, my grandma passed earlier in the year, and uh, this week was her birthday, so we're all getting together and uh, going to a place that she liked to eat a lot. It's called the Fireside Inn. It's a uh, a chicken place literally in the middle of nowhere. You wouldn't think there's anything even close to a, a chicken place, but you go there on a Friday, Saturday night, this place is, I mean, packed. And they do, they do real good chicken, so I'm looking forward to seeing a little bit of family and eating some good food. Sounds good, man. Absolutely. So I'm bringing one segment back for for the uh, for the week because I feel like it deserves it a little bit. But how many urn horses Ross Chastain get for moving uh, AJ Helmendinger? Uh, it's four. Four. That's <laughs> that's three and an extra credit one. <laughs> Did you hear me? Actually, said the the, the quote uh, post race, like after throwing the melon down and whatever, and. Somebody asked him something as he was walking away. He said, I was just trying to rattle his cage. <laughs> so it makes it even better. <laughs> I did not know that. that Go back and look fantastic. at the interview. Fantastic. Oh, man, I bet it's up on YouTube now. I can take a look at that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I, uh, when I heard that, I was like, oh, that is going in the show notes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, uh, that wraps it up basically for uh, episode nine. Uh, you got anything to close us out? Maybe some social media? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can find us uh, on Twitter at uh, BTDO Podcast. Uh, blowing the doors off on Instagram. And you can find me pregame engineer on twitter and andrew l sherwin on instagram and you can find me uh, brett morse on twitter at b wayne 8589 and if anybody listening to this show is uh any into any hunting of any kind i actually have another show blue river bow hunting once a week just like uh, me and sherwin are doing here so check us out if that's your thing and if not no big deal uh, everybody have a good week and we'll catch you after richmond and preview a little martinsville Woo! party at the moon tower Hee <laughs> hee.